Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks everybody who's been listening to not only the episodes I did for the Thursday episodes on Modest Heroes, which is Diaponok's second film, first short compilation, but the episode I did that is very loosely attached to anime because it was really inspired by the le- by me rewatching all of Avatar: The Last Airbender and the follow in the sequel series Avatar: The Legend of Korra about how to continue a series, basically. And um, I know a lot of people have been listening to that more than they've been listening to the thing on Modest Heroes because I don't think Modest Heroes did as well as it needed to. Wanted to? I'm not sure. But, so thank you for listening to that. Um, I apologize for the loudness you hear in the background, that if you hear it, if I don't successfully purge it from the recording with my matchful editing skills, which are not matchful, um, that is my new fancy air conditioner, which makes it so I can survive while recording. It makes it so I have a cool working space at the top of my current living situation where it gets the hottest because it is, in fact, the attic, although I call it for the perch. Now, that said, I want to get to what, we've been, to what we're going to be talking about today, and that show comes with a lot of praise, and I think it's deserved. So let's get into it. Today we're going to be talking about Konosuba. had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. 
Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. So, for anybody who's been watching anime for long enough, you remember when the first super long full sentence title anime came into your life. For me, it was actually what lots of people consider to be like original sin, which is Orimo or my sister my sister can't possibly be this cute, which is a dumpster fire of a show about a guy wanting to fuck his sister. And be given being given Equally not okay and also okay options outside of that, but no, his sister and him still want to bang. So that set off this trend of not only incest stuff, but of these shows, many of which were incest stuff, that were these big, long titles that the sh- even the show recognized as shortening it to like a acronym to like a two letter a piece acronym basically and so you got things like Oriimo, you got things like um Aromanga Sensei you got things like which I forget the full title of Aromanga Sensei but it's, it's something insane um you get all these different shows with all these huge titles and then along that same like path of trend was also the Isekai anime, which if you don't know what Isekai anime, Isekai anime is basically you get transported to a parallel world. Oftentimes fantasy themed, many times just a fucking video game. Um, and there are varying degrees of that. Sword Art Online is considered an Isekai anime. Um, I've, di- I've talked about Shield Hero before. I, I like that show because it's an exploration of what if we gave your what if your main character was a dick and we gave him every reason for being a dick but you can go listen to that in the feed um bunch of episodes back now but konosuba is different because it is a comedy show and it is meant to be played for laughs and oftentimes comedy shows go or hit or miss go go, go the like hit or miss route in with a American anime watching audience because much of Japanese comedy is wordplay comedy. And so it's it becomes this thing of how funny is the joke after you've explained the joke in a lot of cases. But what Konosuba does is they make they make it all physical comedy. They make it all really, really, really obvious physical comedy. They they like they will set up whole situations throughout an episode and then knock it down at the end of the episode. Or they'll, like, they'll have a... They have a much more traditional joke structure than a, like, word... Than, like, a pun-based humor, where it is... And lots of anime do this, but... Oftentimes, Japanese humor, like I said, is... Wordplay humor. It is, like, synonyms and bullshit. Um, but Konosuba has the, an episode will have the structure of a joke. It will have the proper, like, stand-up structure of setup, 
punchline payoff. And what that means is you get these with the right cast and with the right puzzle pieces, you get these deeply funny fucking scenes. You get these bizarre-ass scenarios that the show writes itself into and has no interest in getting out cleanly, (laughs) but also has interest in, like, the consequences of these scenarios. And you pile that on, you pile on top of that a main cast where all of the characters are just assholes <laughs> to each other, to other people. They are like, they're just dickbags. And it, it comes off as this very funny, uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun thing to watch. It's a fun ride. And also, this is an odd thing, by having 11 episodes instead of 12, Per season, because it's Konosuba and Konosuba 2. And by the way, I'm watching this dubbed on HBO Max because I can. <laughs> but the thing about the thing about having a, char- a list of characters that's so that's so um so mean to each other is they open up the possibility for it to just be an absolute shit show constantly. And you have characters just co- like constantly being weirdos, assholes, being way too sexually into things. I, you have characters who like, for example, um, the main character, Kazuma. He's not, like... So, for, first off, this show starts off in the way that many... That all the isekai shows... That many of the isekai shows start off. And you're introduced to Kazuma in his sweatsuit. In... Um... And he saves this girl from, like, a... From truck coon, basically. The, but the fact that it was like not a saved thing makes him become shocked so hard that he just dies. He basically self self initiates a heart attack and dies. And so he goes to the like waiting room where he is to be judged, and he meets this goddess Aqua, who they. And they do a really good job of of not giving her this main character feel right away. You get that main character feel when she goes with Kazuma to the other world. And you spend the rest of the first episode with them being fucking morons. And being like day laborers and bullshit. <laughs> but the... When you first meet Aqua, she has this ethereal goddess pride and quality. And the goddess pride, believe me, never leaves. She uh, loved to remind people that she's a fucking goddess. And you don't catch on until the moment Cosmo's like, 
all of these super powerful weapons super shuck. I want to take you. And the real... So, there's precedent for this, by the way. If you've ever seen the old, the now old, and it makes me feel old because I got to do it when I was really starting in manga and anime, and that is the, the franchise All oh My Goddess. This is an All oh My Goddess scenario where he gets the thing, where he gets the ability to wish to take something of value, and he picks the goddess herself, and the, like, galactic hotline thing decides that that's loud, and she is now, like, transported to the, to this fantasy world in which she is basically useless with Cosma, and so you have Aqua, you start out with Aqua and Cosma going to this fancy world, and Aqua being like, what the fuck? What? Why? I didn't even know this was possible. Fuck, who picks that option? The fuck? And it's just, it, it's just great. It has this what-if quality that I really love in stuff like this, and it follows through on the what-if bullshit, and it's great. So, they... After, like, the first episode of being day-labored, Colin was like, what are we doing? We're here to defeat the Demon King. And the other thing is, the... The defeating of the Demon King is pitch, but it's not something to be gone after. And it's not something that, like is achievable by Kazuma or kind of anybody else they send to this world very clearly because I, I, as far as I know, you never see the Demon King. You meet one of, you meet his, like, two of his generals, but you don't meet him. And they use... They use that specter only as motivation to get them out of the monotony of the first episode. And then they get into... Um, they get into characters like Darkness. They get into characters like... Um, what's her face? The... They get into characters like... Oh god, what's her name? Um, they get into characters like, oh, where are you? Like Megaman? Sorry, I can't believe I forgot that. But they, they make additions to the cast for purely comedic reasons. For example, Megaman is chuny as fuck. She has massively powerful magic. She can only use once a day. And when she uses it, she becomes immobile for, like, hours at a time. So she is, like, a master class wizard who is also useless. And then you have Darkness, who is only useful as a shield. You suspect because of her own desire to be hit because she's a total masochist and gets super horny for pain. And Kazuma, and the best thing is, is that 
they don't draw this out. The show is not about drawing out the, like, puzzle pieces that they're going to be playing with. It is about telling you what the puzzle pieces are and having you fully aware of that and then just going completely beyond that at any point they can. So they have things like when Kazuma meets Megaman, he's like, he looks at her and he's like, oh, she's a fucking monkey barrel full of fucking trouble. I don't want her in my party. I already have a useless goddess who has to be in my party because god damn it. And still she and still she gets to join. Same thing happens with darkness. And the, they have these they have of course like fantasy RPG trappings of stats. And they have these stat cards that they can use that they can learn skills with and use and show their stats to them and all this stuff. So when Kazuma gets his stat card created, it it's pretty standard across the board. It's not like anything to write home about. It's just kinda okay. And then they have Aqua get her stat card. And Aqua's stats are amazing. Like incredible except for intelligence she is like negative 100 in intelligence and that will never increase and it's just there's these little gags and these little that are woven throughout every episode that make it really good and really great and they have these like adventure game quest line scenarios that are just hysterical although i will tell you pound for pound the funniest thing for me is when they meet the demon king general who's a duan because megaman's like got a hard on for going out to the middle of nowhere and blowing up the blowing up this castle spot every goddamn day and kazuma's like yeah, sure, I'll go with you because you need somebody to carry you back. And I, so they go out there, they blow up the castle, and this takes place over, like, an episode. For, they show what they're doing in the, with their free time. Kazuma goes out there with Megaman, they blow up the, ca- the castle, and they come home. And I think it's the next episode. You find out that that castle belonged to one of the Demon King's generals, and he's pissed. Not because he was planning on, like, murdering this entire t- town of, like, low-level assholes, but because somebody from that town comes to his castle every goddamn day and lights it up like a, Chris- like a fucking Christmas tree. And it just... It's this setup of, like, this random bullshit that is... For no reason, you think. And then this punchline of this thing, and then a payoff in that they eventually beat the demon, the general, because they just douse him with water. And, but also you find out that for whatever reason, the undead are super into murdering goddesses. So they just, his undead army doesn't pay attention to Kalama, doesn't pay attention to Megaman, doesn't give a shit shit about darkness, much to her chagrin and disappointment, but she 
Sith undead army just like fucking kill Aqua right now. And it, it's this kind of zany, dumb and dumber fun that is really hard to capture. And they, they do a really good job of it. The only thing that I would say about um, Konosuba is that it, it is so... It is so much that that there are some episodes that don't quite land, especially in the, uh, when you're like closing in on the end of this first season. Although the last episode where Kazuma puts a choker on in this magic shop that he finds is supposed to grant you a wish, but if you don't have a wish in mind when you put it on, it will choke you out and kill you is hilarious. Because he puts this choker on, and the choker is totally a plot device of just like, boop, on, and he's like, oh shit. So the girls are like, oh, and of course all the people on his party are women, and they add um, the Demon King's like, magic general lady, and it becomes like a parade of Kazuma's perverse fantasies with everyone except for Aqua because he just finds her so fucking intolerable that he keeps sending her on food and beverage runs constantly. He's like, Aqua, go get me a curry bun. And she freaks out and runs away. Meanwhile, he's got Megaman and her, like, rival character playing strip rock, paper, scissors. And then he's got, like, darkness in the corner doing fucking, like, lose squats and shit. And he's just resting on the demon titty girl's, like, lap for the entire time. And I'm rarely appreciative of, like, little tricks so animators don't have to animate things. But this was genius. In that like, cavalcade of stuff, and he's resting his head on this, like, big-titty magic lady's size. He's giving the other girls in his party orders, but he's just face down in her fucking, like, leg meat. <laughs> so you just hear him just giving them orders, but you just see his, his, his face just buried in it. It's just... It's a kind of shamelessness and acknowledgement of just like, well, I'm gonna fucking die. I might as well do this. That is amazing. But then, so that's the setup and then the punchline and then the payoff is he doesn't die. But when he thinks he's about to die, he just admits that all he thinks about all of these Girls is about their boobs, except for Aqua. He has this whole speech to Aqua. He's like, when we were sleeping in the barn together, I tried. I really did. I smelled your hair. But nothing, nothing down there. Nothing's happening. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not, I can't make myself attractive to you, no matter how hard I try. You're hot, but I don't care. And then he's like, ready to check out. So he's like, 
thanks for all the memories, which is amazing. And then he does it. But they kill him anyway. And he visits the, like, other goddess, because when Aqua was taken away from her post, she is replaced by a different goddess. And you find that out when he dies in a, like, in the middle of the first season. And you just, like, she's just like, oh, just some life advice, maybe. Don't die over something dumb like this again. This is just embarrassing. And she just puts him back in the fantasy world. In, in which he has to deal with the second season where he is on trial for blowing up the king's palace. Or blowing... I don't think it's the king. I think it's the, like, magistrate's palace or some bullshit. Because he saved the town the magistrate rules over from a giant fucking roving spider castle that, that come to murder them and everything in his path. So he has Megaman blow it the fuck up multiple times. And blow it the fuck up, rather. And then he has um, the, like, demon girl, the, like, demon general girl, teleport it somewhere else. Just, like, teleport this fucking thing. So if it really goes, we don't need to worry about it. It, it, te- it teleports on top of the magistrate's castle, and he gets charged with, like, property damage and all this bullshit. And by the end of the first season, they have this nice big house with multiple rooms and all this stuff because they, they, they make money. They, like, make bank constantly. And Aqua sucks, and she buys shit constantly. And so uh, they may not have a ton of money. They have enough money to live. Enough money for, like, Kazuma to go to a succubus dream brothel. <laughs> and they have, um, so they have all this stuff. Which all immediately gets repoed by the government. And Kazuma is wanted for attempted murder. And they have to pro- and he has to prove his own innocence in the second season. And it's just... <laughs> They they managed to set up a way where they could totally fuck them over, all the the entire cast over, for no reason. So they have a second season of them being total fuck ups constantly. So whereas in the first by the end of the first season, all the stuff that takes place in their house, you see all this furniture and they're like living a pretty comfortable life. But in the second season, they are fucking squatters. There's repo stickers on every square inch of the fucking place. It's just... But they're all still assholes. And they're all still, like, fucking irredeemable assholes. Even somebody like Darkness is, ultimately, if in it for in it for the kicks, and if she can get kicked in the stomach, so she can satisfy her lady boner, I, I, that is what she will do. She will take any, she will take any opportunity, and I mean any opportunity, to get stepped on. It is kind of amazing, and it just the. 
the way this show balances itself makes it so that if you're it it probably plays better it it probably gets rid of the like um the problem of there being so much humor at once that it just all kind of blends together a little if you were watching it week to week. So actually, in reality, I wouldn't really recommend binging Conan Subai. I would recommend, like, going to it, watching it, maybe a couple at a time, couple at a time, couple at a time. Keeping it on, like, a week-to-week schedule, I wouldn't recommend actually doing it like that, like I did, because you spend so much time with the cast and you see so much of their antics that it feels... It starts to all blend together. and it, start, it, it, it doesn't make it not funny, but it makes it a little less funny, maybe. I think with time in between episodes... Some time in between, like, every three episodes, you'll keep the funny rolling better. I know that's an odd recommendation in the age of dreaming, but the bottom line is, is that... Many, 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 many of the streaming shows are made to be binged and they are designed for you to just watch the whole thing in like one or two sittings. But sometimes there are shows that are designed for more normal week-to-week viewing and oftentimes with anime, that's still true. Yes, you can go on Netflix or now HBO Max or Crunchyroll and binge a whole show. Go right ahead. But... Specifically, something like a comedy show is so much about timing and so much about the kind of mental white space that it takes to make comedy work that sometimes it demands that you watch it in a more terrestrial television style, if that makes any sense. So, I just, I, I, I'm still watching Konosuba, but I'm far enough into the second season where I felt confident that I could do this episode and I wouldn't be leaving anything on the table and I, I it's it's a lot of fun it's just it's it's bananas and it has this it has that rare dumb and dumber quality where it is really great slapstick humor it is also even the dub is really great wordplay humor and it it always errs on the side of what's a funny way we could deal with it. Yes, this is a, like yes, this is a heartfelt moment, but how can we still make these characters true to themselves and be assholes and be funny in that moment without like breaking it so far that like you stop caring about the character dead character? Because Kazuma is a is a real shitbag, but you still care about him. You still care about darkness. You care about Darjan actually the most when she's, like, in an arranged marriage because she's secret royalty and this guy is perfect, but you're, like, she doesn't want to do it, so Kazuma is super, but Kazuma is coked by her dad to, like, help make the the meeting go off without a hitch, so she does do it. And... (laughs) So... The other thing I want to talk about this show is they have a lot of fan service. A lot of fan service. But the thing about fan service is that it doesn't... 
It doesn't always need to feel like Queen's Blade. It doesn't always need to feel like Thackeray, which are two examples of, like, what if boobs? And it doesn't always need to feel... It can have this comedic element. It, so, if you've ever watched um, Mad Men or Community, you're probably familiar with the actress Alison Brie. And Alison Brie has given tons of interviews to the effect of, you can go find naked pictures of me on the internet. I know for a fact. And people, and interviewers are sometimes kind of shocked about that. And they're like, why would you let that, why would you have done that if you knew you wanted to be an actress? It's like, because it was funny. Yes, of course in college, I was like, I will strip naked and ride the elliptical for hours. Because it's funny. And uh, another great example of that, actually with a community link, is it was Ken Jung's idea to jump out of the truck naked in The Hangover. And apparently the director was like, okay, but this has to really be your idea. So here's an NDA, here's a contract, like sign these things so we're not liable if you get hit in the dick. And he's like, sure, let's do it. And he, like, discussed it with his wife. Because originally he was supposed to jump out in, like, Walter White-style tidy whities But he's like, what if I was just fucking <laughs> nude with a bat in the trunk of the car? <laughs> and in, in one way, fan service and nudity can be sexual but in another way even when it's be a sexualized thing it can be used for comedy it can be used n- nudity and nudity and human bodies are ripe for humor so for example in Konosuba when darkness is the like loyal knight that fights on Kazuma's fights in Kazuma's party that wants to get the shit kicked out of her because that's how she gets her jollies. She's in full armor. Her, like, she wears this, like, black top under her armor that makes it really hard to discern, like, shape or anything. And she... Um, she just... She, she dressed like a female knight. Yes, the breastplate has breath cups which is insane but she dresses like a not outrageous female knight it's not like it's bikini armor or a clock but when she is engaged to be married she has the most cleavage without going full jennifer lopez cleavage they put her in like this debutante gown that's just like boat neck and fucking, like, two feet of cleavage off of her chest. And they don't draw her like this at any other point in the show. And they play it for, like, laughs and kicks. Because when they get, at the end of the episode, when they get into, like, this weird sadistic pitching mat, pissing match, it's, like, meant to, like, be a comedic moment. It's meant to be sexual arousal played for laughs. And it really works. 
And and I don't think I'm just saying that as a man. It really works. And the the show uses its opportunity to have all these characters be assholes to go to the territories of using nudity for humor, using, like, upskirts of Aqua, because Aqua, clearly, even though she probably should at some point, just doesn't wear underwear, does not believe in underwear, just doesn't. And she... It's just... The the fan service in this show, the fan service designs of characters because it is used for the purpose of comedy, feels less egregious than the fan service in something like Sekere or in something like Queen's Blade. Because the thing about Queen's Blade and Sekere is they become these weird shows that acknowledge acknowledge their, like, totally horny universe, like, visual style and universe, but they don't deal... like. there's no character that go against that. And even if there is a character that goes against it, it becomes, like, as soon as they enter the plot fully, they become these, like, additional sex objects. And it just feels creepy. In... In Konosuba, the, like, lewdness is all for comedy. And, and is... It feels less like it's being intentionally done. Like when um, Kazuma learned steel, for example, and that's what brought this up in my brain, but I didn't voice it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but when Kazuma learned steel, he is meant to practice steel on the girl who, on the adventurer girl who teaches it to him, and she's like, and she opens herself up, she just like, straight up, she's like, try it. If you're lucky, you'll get my magic dagger. But I also got a pocket full of rocks. Didn't want to make it too easy. And so he's like, okay, and he does the steel skill, and he like, when his fist closes, he doesn't know what's fully on, know what's in his fist. And the girl who taught him steel, the girl who opened herself up to this shit, is like, I, 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 could you give him back now, please? And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Opens his, opens his hand up, and just, her panties are in his hand. And he's just like, immediately like, yeah, I did not expect this! And it turns out that from then until for the rest of the show. His specialty with the steel move is he just steals girl is he's really good at stealing underwear. <laughs> and he does but he also does use it for like serious purposes. And it because of the real because the character comes to that realization through a mistake and not because that was his original intention and because he uses that skill without um, what's it called? 
without doing that thing constantly. Although it would have been great if he stole the dual Han guy's boxes. It would have been fucking amazing, actually. Um, it feels less creepy than, like, the guy in Sekere who is very clearly fucking his, like, you know, fighter girls. Um, it feels less creepy than all of Queensblade. Oh, all of Queensblade. And I, I realize that it's, lampsha- that it's lampshading it and it's making it, it's trying to make it okay. But once again, the thing about Konosuba that lets them do all of this with more impunity than, say, a show of a more serious bend is that they are a comedy show. It is trying to hit on all these different comedy levels and all these different kinds of comedy that it just, it's, it's in the mix. And it's not, it, you're in a universe where most, where most if not all the characters are assholes to each other. So, you know, yes, he stole this girl's panties, but she fucking was like, let's go. She opened herself up to it. Without realizing, like, oh, he could steal my underwear. And when he demonstrates it on another girl, Megaman, she's like, oh, fuck. And it, it becomes another comedy element. And they, they play his, like, creepy fingers, like, creepy tendril fingers. And he's like, I could just steal something from you, little girl, like, lady. As, like... They play it all for comedy. It's not. It's not this like serious. Like he's he, when he's like celebrating getting the panties. It's more a like. It, it's less a perverse thing, and it's more a like I did it. I'm a fourteen-year-old boy. I fucking I'm touching underwear. And I I don't know how old he is, but I think he's like he's like sixteen or something but it, it's just it and the same thing and the same thing applies to the succubus thing he like goes to this succubus brothel and they explain the rules of like what he was like in like a wet dream basically and it's like it's made out to be this mutually agreed upon victimless thing and that turns into a misunderstanding that involves darkness being subjugated by him in a bath in, in like the in their house's bath. And she's totally into it because she's a masochist. And it all resolves itself eventually, but it's just it's this it's a constant, like I keep saying, setup, punchline, payoff. And it it's just if you haven't seen Konosuba and you've been, like, on the fence because everybody talks about it so positively, I think it's one of those comedy series where it's got, like, top-tier anime quality, anime comedy for everybody who likes that kind of stuff. So if you're into comedy series and you haven't already seen it, definitely go check out Konosuba. And on that note, 
If you like this show, I do episodes on Thursdays and Sundays. Thursdays is what this is. It is a weekly me talking about a show, about a series. Sundays is focused more on industry stuff, more on technical animation, more on how you can watch anime and the best thing. I have a great episode on how to build a home theater that you can go check out. Those come out on Sunday every day, at every Sunday at like 10 a.m. They're more edited, more focused, less wandery. Um, but like I said, and if you like this show, you can subscribe to it on whatever you're using to listen to me now, and you can get two new episodes every week. But until next time, I will talk to you on Sunday. Thank you.